last week we shared few thoughts on vibhutis particularly with reference to uh, two of the well known or rather one well known and the other not so well known um, in the field of wrestling and boxing i forgot to mention one interesting story about ramamurthy it's a he when he went on a tour eventually to europe so people told him that you come and see the bull fight you will enjoy it so he went to see the bull fight this is a true story it's an amazing story so he went to see the bull fight and he was not much amused to see people chasing the bull or the bull chasing the people so they asked him would you like to try he said okay so he went stood the bull kept charging and he kept standing the bull came near he held the bull by the horns and put it down in one shot this is not a no exaggeration at all he just stood quietly <laughs> and when the bull came right next to him he held the horns lifted the bull put it bang on the ground that's why no wonder he was called as kalyugi bhim so obviously these are uh, as shurbindo says in essays on the gita anything which is preeminent uh, greatest highest noblest in any category any genus any species so that's why the gita says even among inanimate objects there are vibhutis so he says that's a manifestation of the divine and it opens doors to two three things one is that all greatness is a manifestation of the divine it's not an individual greatness the second is it gives us another door it opens another door to appreciate the divine in creation but it's very unfortunate when that when we see greatness we are often filled with jealousies and ambitions but it's not about that it's not a person it's the divine who is any very beautifully at one place um, nalida writes the greatness of the great is the greatness of the divine in them it is so true so to appreciate anything which is truly beautiful truly high and noble and great is another way to also appreciate the divine just as when we depreciate anything basically we pass a judgment on the divine because after all it's the divine's business what's happening to someone and when we pull down criticize or say this is so bad basically we are telling the divine you are not doing a good job with your creation well his job is not yet over that is the problem when it is finished then we shall see what the job was like and he is very patient and he uh, he knows you know he is like the worker who is busy sometimes chipping chipping a small little um, element in the personality and he is doing it with utmost perfection at another time he lifts up a hammer of titanic toil and smashes things to make the clay more malleable and supple so he has so many ways of working and we are all unfinished products basically but in some human beings or some uh, plants and trees and birds and beasts we see these uh, these glimpses of that glory and it fills us with humility gratitude uh, wonder a sense of worship a sense of the sacred so that is the beauty of vibhuti yoga which sri krishna describes in the gita it's another way to love and adore the divine but this is one kind of vibhuti now greatness and high need not always be 
world famous personality it need not always be a question of degree it can be a question of quality so we have such interesting stories in ramayana where the squirrel has been immortalized so much so that her attitude has become a you know a reminder to all of us so very often we say that we are not so capable what can we do we don't have enough what can we give to the divine somebody asked this to the mother that i don't have anything to give to you and mother said there is always something which you can give <laughs> so it's not that i have nothing to give always there is something which we can give and we know the story of the squirrel so she when the bridge was being built between dhanushkoti and lanka india and lanka for rama to go across then all these monkeys were lifting huge stones and putting them saying jai shri ram and they were floating so this squirrel was rolling in the sand and going into the uh, sea taking a dip and coming out and monkeys were getting very irritated that you are disturbing our work please don't do this you are coming in our way you will get crushed all these things what she kept doing but rama saw with his inner eye and took the squirrel very fondly with all compassion he stroked the back that's how the myth goes that it has three marks on the back so the squirrel basically he saw that what the squirrel was doing she wanted to put her bit in the making of the bridge now she can't lift a stone but she can always put a few grains of sand into the sea hoping that probably the sea level will uh, you know <laughs> the sand will rise to the top and make it easier for the bridge to be built it's a very touching story all of us are not uh, meant to be arjunas and uh, you know bhima and nal neel etc hanuman but we can always be those monkeys in in you know the army of god and do our bit so vibhuti is not always a question of being recognized by the world it's not necessary in fact many time being recognized by the world may not mean a vibhuti of the divine it may also there are vibhutis of the asura also hitler was well known he is still well known ravana is well known so vibhutis there are also emanations of the darkness that also mother speaks about and she encountered all these vibhutis of death in her own life and one of them became even her teacher for the dark and nether knowledge theo was emanation of death she has used the word vibhuti of death she is used in so many words but there is another kind of vibhuti which has a very different impact and it's a very interesting thing there are those who are not conscious of the divine well they may have some religiosity they may not have religiosity they are great men who do great work and pass away and they leave an impact but there are those who have turned to the divine and given themselves to the divine they are not so well known many people may not have even heard the name and they are vibhutis of the lord vibhutis of the ishwara and vibhutis of the divine mother so what is the difference between them if we look at from the purely worldly eyes we'll say obviously these are very great people this is a question very often people have asked even to shurbindu they asked that uh, whatever it be can yoga produce someone like a shakespeare of course shurbindu says that yes look at vyasa and valmiki <laughs> far greater but it's not necessary so this is a different category of vibhuti and when shurbindu was asked what is the difference between the two Sir Winston Churchill became a very powerful instrument of the divine uh, during a crisis in humanity and Shirobindo and the mother have spoken so much of him so much so that 
whatever shubhendu would transmit he would receive it and his speeches were ringing with those words and shubhendu would listen back to the speech on the radio to confirm to see where all the instrument is faltering but he was a man full of defects number of vices didn't quite even believe he was not fond of india also he looked down upon indians and at the same time he he had his own share of plenty of vices uh, and very witty also but he could sense like all vibhuti sense the sense of a power which guides them they feel that there is a force they know that um, uh, you know there is something else which is the cause of our greatness they know they are great but they also know that there is another force winston churchill was very much aware from all the events in his life that there is a force which is helping me and guiding me and protecting me but he never knew of shurbind and the mother it's not necessary to know at all but the interesting part is that the moment the work is over he was just like any other ordinary person in fact towards the end he was like anyone else you know a man who was drinking prone to all the vices and going down the drain so the difference is that when we are unconscious instrument divine can use anything doesn't matter last time we read why shouldn't the divine care for greatness he doesn't care if a great man has vices he can use the great person and use him for his work so it's not about the person has ego or not ego when people asked him that you are saying so and so is an instrument of the divine but he has ego so shrivindu says but he is not doing yoga he is just an instrument divine is using him as an instrument he is not supposed to get over ego his ego itself becomes an instrument for the divine because out of egoism he has the push and drive his ambition may become an instrument of the divine so it's not like there are a different category of people who are used for a certain work and since it belongs to the nature they do progress till the instrumentality is needed but after the work is over since they are not conscious they are not aspiring they are not open they they go back into the same evolutionary cycle of course with a little stamp and that helps another example is beethoven who used to draw such high inspiration from higher spheres but to an extent he was conscious of receiving from the higher worlds but again he was not uh, practicing yoga or spirituality but has produced beautiful high music and when mother was asked what will he come back as in his next life he would produce even greater music mother said no maybe he'll come back as a shoemaker he will approach the same problem of life but from another angle but those who have turned to the divine when they are become instruments it's a very different category altogether because it's not just a question of being used for a certain uh, period which itself is a grace but for lives to come they carry that stamp and it helps enormously tremendously so i thought let's uh, read another type of vibhuti not those who are not conscious but those who are conscious who choose to become conscious instruments of the divine and being june we remember dhuman bhai his birth date approaching nearby and uh, it's very interesting that while i had thought about reading about him portions of his life it also happens that today and the next two days there is a festival in odisha which many people may be aware some may not be aware but it's a very interesting festival it's called rajo now it's normally surface it's just a celebration but actually if you go deep into it then it's not just a celebration and celebration of basically life celebration of fertility and it's a worship of mother earth 
goddess lakshmi who has become mother earth so it's a very very interesting story that um, it is she who is the giver of everything she becomes mother earth and mother earth becomes fertile and all the possibilities must emerge from her it's a very yogic symbol because uh, if we take the symbol of yoga um, the ancient word arya means two things one was the fighter and the other was the farmer so shubindo described very beautifully that yes the aryan is a farmer he tills his soil it is this earth mother earth and in this soil there are many many possibilities which are hidden and they must awaken so just like uh, savitri is three ratri vrat three nights fast shobindo has turned it into a great yoga of savitri so i do believe that somewhere this festival which extends for three days and three nights is essentially a celebration of the possibilities hidden in matter from shobindo's perspective of course which can emerge and they are waiting to be born and if we really work upon it they can emerge so it's it's a very symbolic event and a person who really symbolized it very beautifully is duman bhai so it was kind of a very interesting coming together of things now we know he was he is from gujarat and that part of his story is of course uh, he had like everyone who is marked out he had his own he was married at the age of 8 those days child marriages and then he was very restless um, and was seeking here and there wanted to become a monk even in ramakrishna ashram but nowhere he was satisfied till he joined gandhi ji the non cooperation movement at a very young age but he was not satisfied with anything though he was very dear of dear to both gandhi ji and vallabhai patel and they didn't like it at all when he came away to shurbindo ashram which is again see he had a choice of destiny either to become a vibhuti of the unconscious type i am sure if he would have continued in non cooperation movement he would have been known all over the world as some kind of a mahatma but he chose something else to become a conscious instrument of the divine and therefore mostly he is known in shurbindo circles many people outside don't know they don't even know his name is chuni bhai so chuni bhai becomes dhuman bhai and what a transformation so then bhakti ban who had come to ashram came there and said chuni bhai your solution will not be here you go to shurbindo there only your solution will be there and they so beautiful when he meet shurbindo for the first time he went with his wife and shubindo asked him why have you come he says i have come for yoga shubindo asked him what do you know of yoga this is 1924 when shubindo was not keen to take people in what do you know of yoga but before he could answer shubindo spoke to him on his own for one hour shubindo spoke about yoga without anything and dhuman bhai says i heard everything i don't remember anything except one thing that when i saw him i knew that my heart was his that's all and that is a feeling that has remained through all these decades 65 years later he would say that my heart is his and the same experience he had when he saw the mother that she is the mother and i belong to her but then he went back came back and forth 3 4 years finally he was accepted and he stayed on 
obviously lot of resistance from the family the parents he left behind his wife like buddha but you know how much buddha had to still suffers lot of people uh, you know why buddha left his wife how much he helped humanity because of this great <laughs> divine sacrifice that we are not able to see even his own wife so he he had to hear a lot of things but his wife still stood by him she told the parents don't trouble him he knows his mind and whatever he is doing he is doing it with a very firm and clear resolve he is not going to change so better don't try to even call him back and he continued much later of course we know that kashi bai came and she also uh, lived in the ashram and mother had told him he was so particular he would not meet her at one time she came and went back towards the end she says that people will ask me what did we what did you meet him what did he say so he didn't know what to say so he wrote to the mother and asked mother what she is asking me this question what shall i tell you tell me what should i do so mother said why you meet her what is the problem he says no mother i'll meet her only in front of you so mother said all right so how they met imagine what kind of yoga and tapasya they have done at that point of time of course now things are very different things evolve they change so she went to meet the mother as was the custom just before departure so she is going to meet the mother and then dhuman bhai enters from the other door and they meet for one minute in front of mother and whatever exchange takes place and that's what she is going to report so when the parents asked him that don't you think you are supposed to take care of the parents so dhuman bhai had a one line reply why the divine mother will take care of and sure enough he says that till the end both parents led a healthy life and they died very peacefully without any problem of course kashi bai came here lived also but they lived away from each other so it was a very different kind of a life and imagine when he came what is the first work mother gave and it's so symbolic the ways of mothers working when i first had first read this story i didn't uh, i it looked at it as yes so wonderful but when you see the deeper symbol um, when you see through the life it's so interesting the first work mother gave and dhuman bhai when he talks about it he speaks in a very interesting way he says it was never the way of mother and shobindo to impose themselves and say do this do that they would not do this so what did the mother tell him will you like to help satain in distributing the rice serving the rice not distributing serving the rice now imagine mother is he has given his life to mother mother is not saying okay go and work there she is saying will you like to help satain in serving the rice and he says yes of course mother the man who started by serving the rice helping someone serving the rice imagine he himself became an incarnation of annapurna not only dining room gloria farms wherever it touched it's like things and he had these dreams that i want to give in season every day one mango to every ashram inmate so the, those kind of things mega thinking and things would actually happen whenever there was a need so many stories how the mother counted on him that at one point of time when 500 visitors came suddenly so nobody knew what to do 
and Nalida met Dhuman Bhai and they just exchanged a glance at each other. But he knew that Dhuman Bhai never had this attitude that, you know, oh my God, this is a problem, how this is going to happen. For him, okay, it will be done. So when someone asks Shurabindo, you know there are so many people who have come. What if so many persons more come? What will you do? So Shurabindo said, why? I will send them to Dhuman. How much the Lord has counted? And really, it's like when we read the Ramayana, the story of Rama is so beautifully intertwined with Hanuman and Angad and Jamban that you can't imagine Rama's story without all these monkeys stepping in. And so also the story of Ashram cannot be imagined without Dhuman Bhai, Udar, Satyakarma, these early people who have just come and put themselves and many others who have put themselves into this soil and the whole story is intertwined. And how they have started, I mean 1927 when he came, they never imagined that they will be more than maximum disciples will be 36. So they bought 36 ceramic plates. Because they couldn't imagine that there will be more than 36. And minimum 12. Because 12 are needed for manifesting. <laughs> and imagine, it kept growing. And for Dhuman Bhai it was always, yes. Mother would say, oh I want to distribute sarees to all my children on Darshan day. I don't know how it will be done. Mother it will be done. And how he would manage, from where he would manage, whom he would ask. So much so that we were talking about this festival which is, you know, symbolic. Um, like the earth brings out plenty and like Goddess Lakshmi, there is no limit to her giving. So, uh, Mother once remarked that Dhuman, Lakshmi is your very good friend. And I have asked Ganesha also to become your, Ganesha is very generous. You, I have asked him to become your friend also. So imagine what stature of consciousness that the gods become friends. Can we imagine goddess Lakshmi becoming and this testified by the mother. And for them like for him service alone counted. So much so that normally of course people dress up nicely on darshan days and like to go very nicely. For the human by it was he was working and suddenly you know when his time will come for darshan he will just take his cap, put it in the pocket, go for the pranam do the pranam and come back fast back for his work. That's what darshan meant for him. And the, the, the interesting part, another interesting part is that uh, whenever mother needed anything, she would call Dhuman. Now imagine to hear from the divine. Divine needs you. It's we need the divine. It's under, but rare are those whom the divine needs. Uh, like he said, you know, Rama needing Hanuman. Both are in Nagpash. Hanuman has to rescue. It's the Leela of the Divine. It's not that Hanuman is powerful than Rama. Not at all. That is the eye of illusion. It's a delusion. And Hanuman knows very well. It's Rama's play. <laughs> and he is giving me a chance to serve. So whenever mother would call Dhuman, so he, if he goes through the staircase, it's a longer path. So he had kept a ladder in his room. He would take the ladder, rush, put it on the terrace, Climb through the ladder so that he can reach the mother faster. She doesn't have to wait. And after he has received the instructions, there was nothing like, Mother, but this is a problem, Mother. We may have this difficulty, Mother. How are we going to do, Mother? What? Where will the money and resources will come from? Yes, Mother. Yes, Mother. Yes, Mother. Come back. Come down the ladder. Pick it up. <laughs> put it. Start doing. And this is the 
power of receiving once i mean how they worked with what faith once udarda another you know it's 12th june was the tennis grounds uh, you know one of the anniversaries that's the day when it came to ashram so udarda how he, you know he was given 1 rupee by the mother and said now udar you go and collect the money arrange for the money so he said yes mother he took that 1 rupee and he knew divine mother has given me 1 rupee now the rest will come and it came and came and came and so many departments have come up and how they have worked it's unimaginable i mean this tennis ground which was full of filth the worst place in pondicherry and manoranjan ganguly sitting there for 3 days 3 nights with all that stench literally staying overnight getting the whole thing cleared what kind of service they have done and very often people say at least sometime they said you know why do people have a tendency to eulogize people in the ashram well it's not about eulogizing it's it's not even about edifying we all know nobody is so deluded to believe that any of those were even remotely near to shurvinder and the mother this is foolish to believe it but these stories help us understand the path in another way it's another dimension it's another kind of uh, as i said bhagwat it's another kind of purana and it helps us to come in contact with the mother and shurbindo it's about them when something happens in a bhakta it's about the mother and shurbindo it's their glory uh, how i am reminded of another instance when krishna prem uh, ronald nixon british uh, you know mathematician and he came to my yashoda's ashram and there he was uh, one day cleaning the chula those this chula so one of his friends came all the way from uk that i have heard he has become a yogi and they had ideas of yogi that he will be you know sleeping naked on uh, floating on the ocean nothing will happen he will have miraculous powers he will sit with a kamandalu uh, those you know television yogis but he was quietly you know <laughs> arranging the chula so he looks at him and said what do you think this way you will realize god so krishna prem looked at him and said those who have gone ahead have walked this way those who have gone ahead have walked this way they have served this way and gone they have realized through this yoga and so it's very inspiring when we read and there are many many such vibhutis mother and shobindo created faculties developing from nowhere as i said i mean nirodha with a purely medical mind and writing such beautiful amazing poetries hutadi couldn't hold a pencil making paintings why dhuman bhai he had developed healing powers and healing capacities and shobindo told him no no you don't need to use them so he didn't use them he could have easily become a great healer and had a name that you know i with my healing powers i can use he he developed those capacities just as a side dish by the way and uh, shobindo told him don't use them you are not supposed to do this it's come to you by the way it's meant for somebody else and he never used it never made a show of this but he of course didn't believe in doctors and medicines uh, it's it's a known thing so they these are very interesting uh, stories and you know since we are talking of medicine he would hardly you know sickness or this thing but he did develop certain problems and regardless of the problems he would continue uh, even if he is bleeding he would continue to work there was nothing like rest for him and it's interesting that during his last few days he was 
he has literally worked till the last day though he was admitted in the nursing home despite his wishes first his health started deteriorating i think it was 92 i'll just recheck uh, yeah it was 92 because he had given a message for bangalore center that 6 february 1993 relics will be installed now i remember but he had passed away but we took that message as a final thing and there was no money there uh, in fact the center was in debt and money started coming because we decided in 1992 that 6 february 1993 the relics will be installed and money came from all kinds of places it was like a whole story of mother and 6 february 1993 the relics did came it was a palace and lakhs and lakhs of money rupees came so anyways that's uh, interesting that so on 14th august when he was bit unwell but he continued to work 15th august distribution then he was asked to be admitted he refused because many people had come to meet and he would meet the people 16th august he would meet then forcibly under much pressure on 17th august he was admitted to the nursing home there also he was continuing to do the work on 19th august um, krishnadi recalls that after meeting him when she was going away after finishing some accounts thing she suddenly felt that she should look back when she looked back he was doing a namaste to him her very fondly and struck her very strangely that why is he doing namaste like this and sure enough that evening devan bhai passed away now when they opened the account ledger he had completed it till 19th august the day he has passed away he has finished the ledger is i mean it was things like things which have come nothing more had to come so he had already entered till 19 august everything was complete provided for even though he has he, he is in nursing home he has foreseen there are other instances it it's believed that he was given the um, you know boon of ikshamrityu and it's quite likely because another um, uh, i think it was an american friend but bernard he recalls that when he met duman bai uh, on 19th august he told him Duman Bai told him, uh, "What are you doing today evening?" He said, "I am busy with some friends. Is a party or something?" He said, uh, "You do one thing at seven p.m. You go to the samadhi." So he said, uh, "I don't think I'll be able to make it that time because I have people coming to my meeting people as you know guests, and I won't be able to make it." So he said, "My friend Bernard, I am again requesting you as a friend." This was his way. I know it that you know. Uh, he had a very uh, at least i had a very personal rapport with him in very strange ways <laughs> absolutely we didn't know each other uh, that way like personally but very interesting rapport and it was his way so he would uh, say my uh, my friend uh, i am requesting you you please go at 7 o'clock so he went not knowing why he has been sent and then later he came to know this was the time when duman bhai had passed away and this was his way of wishing him born at you and what a marvelous way so the, and and what was his sadhana what was his yoga just service 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 nothing else everything and everything keeping the mother in center and of course he loved everyone he wanted to provide for everyone but keeping in view her at the center uh, even people from outside how he would deal as i was mentioning uh, he Uh, he knew that he shares uh, 
when we came to know each other this much, my first encounter was very strange, just to share a few things. I was standing in the queue to go to Sherbinder's room and Dhumanbhai comes suddenly, catches me, says, come here, I like you. And I don't even know who is this man who is saying I like you. Pulled me to his room, I want to give you something. Gave me something, I don't know who is he. And I just took it and I went away. I didn't know whether, what should I do? Because inwardly I decided I'll touch nobody's feet except mother and Shurbindo. So I went away. I just hastily did a pranam because it was again in my, this thing that I'll not bow before anyone except mother and Shurbindo. So I went away. He didn't even ask anything, nothing. This repeated itself thrice on three different occasions. Suddenly he would see me and call me and give something to me and use the same words. I like you. I'm very fond of you. That's the end of the story. Then later on I came to know we share our birthdays. So when I would write to him on his birthday, send a, anything, a card or something, he would also not forget to send. Now, for me to remember his birthday is natural. You know, he is such a man, well-known person and who would forget? But for him to remember, and I used to wonder how he remembers it. And once I remember from a newspaper, now I laugh at it. I mean, it was so silly of me. But I saw in a newspaper a it was not a good picture of mother, newspaper printing, but it had mother's signature on it. Signature means signature printed. So I cut it. I used to do this, very fond of this, you know, mother's signature. So I would cut it and keep it if I see it. So I pasted that picture on a card and sent it to the human by. Now, I don't know what I felt and I sent it. And he wrote back to me saying, thank you so much for sending copy of the signed photo of the mother which is so rare to see these days. I still remember that while I am describing I have these hairs standing on end like how somebody could appreciate that yes this is so rare these days. But though in his own life mother would give so many things to so many persons and Dhuman Bhai would never ask. Mother never told him do this do that. Always gave him inner strength and confidence. And once even mother asked him, he would get things and give it. Mother would ask him, I need this and he would get it. This was the relation. So mother asked him once and he would even give to people. They were jewelry of the mother. Mother, this whole ashram, people wonder how it has been made. And that's why the material foundations of the ashram are so strong, which is an occult thing, that nothing can happen to this ashram unless the divine wills. For the very simple reason that in its material foundation, it is Shurabindu and the mother who have put themselves. Look at the material aspect of the ashram. Through every crisis, it is the mother's money. First she sold her jewellery. Every possible jewellery. Then she sold even the Durga crown. But she told the person that, you know, don't let this jewellery be sold to just about anyone. Because they are very special, they carry that force and if it goes to a wrong person, it can be catastrophic. And particularly the Durga crown, when one of the deportees purchased, she said very categorically that, tell him that if he indulges in wrong movements, this can be disastrous. But it carries, the, embodies the power of Durga. So like that, then she sold her saris. And... Dhuman Bhai would feel very bad that, you know, mother has to sell her saris. So, like thus, you know, he would keep all of them, make sure he would find one person who would pay up the money, but the saris are with him. So, when later on mother would say, 
oh, I wish I could give, you know, something from my sarees. He would bring out that pile and give it to mother. Mother, yes, here they are. This was his way. To suddenly, and, and he would arrange for the money. So mother doesn't know that actually he has not given a single sari outside. But the money, and he would fix a price. So when, you know, our Kanda Gold, his father, so he was, they were devotees. So when these gold things had to be sold, he said, you know, you'll get a better price somewhere else. Even her pearl necklace, he went to Chennai and he fixed a price. So if the person said no, uh, less than that, he would not sell it. Even the mother said, why aren't you selling it? I need the money, Dhyuman. He said, no mother, I can't sell it below this value. <laughs> and money he would arrange, but he would not sell below the value. And there's so many stories like that. And then many of these things he also gave to many persons. So once the mother asked him, Dhyuman, you don't like to have these things? He said, no mother. He said, what? You don't care for these things? He said, mother, I care for them, but I don't need them as long as you are there. See, it is such a beautiful reply that you are there. Why do I need anything? Yes, otherwise I would need. It's no wonder when because of, you know, uh, when Pondicherry ceded to Indian government in 1954, there was a need to form a trust. So, it because mother can't be the guardian of the material uh, because the French nationality and all this rule came into being. So, uh, among the four trustees she chose, uh, Dhyuman Bhai was the very obvious choice. He was one of the first trustees and his method, those their method was very simple. We don't have to do anything. <laughs> the mother is doing everything. And she gave the flower faithfulness to each of them and the other flower divine love. First day she gave divine love to all of them and the next day she gave faithfulness to all of them. And that's how they just lived and grew. And even then the mother's ways was so interesting. Like he recalls that when one of the trustee goes away, then the others have to decide who will be the next one. So mother once asked them, initial few changes took place then. Mother said, do you think, shall I bring in Pradyot? Now imagine, mother can simply say, I want Pradyot. She is asking them, shall I bring in Pradyot? And uh, he said, of course, mother, you, you, you say, and what is there? What is there to ask? And of course, she brings in Pradyot. This was her way um, of stepping back into the background and helping humanity to grow because she had foreseen all this. And there is a very interesting letter of the mother also that I have stepped back into the background but my love and consciousness are there. I want because this is the journey which will take place. And even as early as 1951, she had made this plan of having trustees and having the organization. Because see, at some point, the divine has to step back and let humanity evolve. They have done everything. Brought down the supramental force, created the organization, made sure the foundations are strong and ready. Nothing is going to happen. Those who... Uh, feel that you know this may happen that may happen they don't know what is at the foundation a place where at the foundations and the roots are mother and Shurbindo's money we can't even use the word hard and money it is divine money what can happen to the foundations service tree story of the human why would be incomplete without bringing in the service tree and how right from bringing a sapling the growth of the service tree and they even did a 
um, exhibition in botanical garden of rare plants and it had very interesting purpose because when these people came in 1930s uh, the local people thought that they are a bunch of revolutionary who are making bombs so look how dhuman bhai's mind worked <laughs> so he said let's have a flower exhibition so initially it was like you know should we should we not and he said no no we'll have it so then they had a flower exhibition so when local people came and said they are growing such carnations how are they managing it they are supposed to grow only in cold climate he said they can't be making bombs <laughs> very strange <laughs> they didn't uh, explain anything didn't argue anything but just by these acts they reveal that we are not making bombs we are you know <laughs> making flowers of the divine making them blossom in the garden gloria land totally organic farming pioneering things if he was outside uh, you know some of these people not only him who have worked as pioneers um, organic farming solar um, now everybody is talking about solar but the pioneers were here chaman uh, i mean he is still there chaman lal ji and how he was much sought after all over the world for the solar energy in the one of the first world solar energy conferences he was called and he is asking the mother should i go <laughs> so i mean imagine how they lived and uh, mother said yes of course this is i mean if you don't go somebody else will go who will create a mess of course there was another story also when he was called and he asked again the mother should i go mother said do you want to go so he said mother not to my conscious mind first he said no mother then mother said are you sure <laughs> he said not to my conscious mind so then mother said yes you go i mean unconsciously we don't know there are many things so they are pioneers similarly duman bhai is a pioneer in organic farming nowadays we all world over know about organic farming but how it started in india and now it's a world over movement he simply didn't want to give to the mother anything which had chemicals and artificial things and you know those kind of poisonous things and that is why organic farming started in ashram and what a future world over similarly when people talk so much about milk i have very simple take mother has put her sanction so we should not worry again with milk there was a very interesting story i don't know what i am going to read because <laughs> i brought this i just can't <laughs> it's an ending <laughs> maybe something must have been left out so <laughs> anyways i'll see so when she was uh, you know initially it was 750 cc of milk to everybody uh, all the sadhaks every day so duman bhai found that though they are measuring 750 cc but it's not coming to 750 cc it ends up with 600 cc so he did a research on this so when he did the research he found actually when first they are measuring they are measuring it with the foam so it's a wrong measurement second when it is coming there is some waste is taking place then there is a lasses affair sadhaks are just picking up it's our milk our home so you know so he wanted to stop all this but he started from the least denominator he said he wrote to shirbindo that i'll give them 600 cc every day uh, and he sent the measurement of the cup all that and shobindo with his sense of humor said dhuman your cup looks too small <laughs> it was 
his way of saying no give a little more your cup looks too small <laughs> then he would give 200 cc three times a day so this is how the milk story came up and he knew that mother was fond of milk but you know because much later many things so even for fruit juice he made arrangements what fruits mother would like even what vegetables mother would like there is a very beautiful touching story of mother and her dealing with the disciples so once there was a real crisis during second world war nothing and mother like potatoes so and he would not tell mother how he is getting it he imported potatoes from egypt what would be few paisa came for a rupee those days but he managed it and he made vegetables for potato vegetable for mother and we know that how you know it was initially a kind of um, two people lalita purani ji's wife and um, another lady ah datta they would cook for mother and that's how it later on came to be known as mother's kitchen and then of course things expanded so uh, you know he cooked potatoes for the mother now meanwhile there was a lady sadhika who was not eating and while mother is going to eat this matter was reported to her so mother said why is she is not eating it's not good because if she doesn't eat uh, her health will suffer <laughs> so this sadhak says mother she is not eating because she is she likes only potatoes she can't eat anything else mother said oh in that case why don't you give these potatoes to her <laughs> i mean look at the way and that was what has trust dhuman bai in the beginning because he had read about gurukuls and um, dhuman bai liked the gurukul idea in fact shobindra has said that he was a vedic rishi in the vedic times but he did not like the idea that there was special treatment to the disciples uh, to the disciple to the children of the guru and another kind of treatment to the disciples he didn't like it but when he came here he found that there is no such thing with regard to shobindra and the mother and it is this which had touched him very much that there is no such favoritism with shobindra and the mother to everyone they are giving in their own way and everyone has an equal right to approach of course their dealings were different with different people that shobindra and the mother have amply clarified in their letters when people would ask that so and so gets more time to see the mother he must be a great sadhak and shobindra would say you would be greatly mistaken if you draw such conclusions the need for interviews giving longer period physical nearness is not based on the greatness or smallness of the sadhak but on a special need in that person and that is something which none of us can understand according to the mental frame shobind in when duman bhai was given this work in shobindra's room to clean the room because one of the sadhaks had fallen ill and the other had died so this work also came to him along with many work uh, obviously yes mother and mother gave him an instruction but you will not look at shorbindo this is a great sadhana to sweep the floor and not have darshan of shorbindo and he would go do it every day and come back one day the mother gave him another instruction look there are insects on the beam on top of shorbindo's bed go do the vacuum cleaning but see to it that shorbindo is not disturbed in any way of course the lord is not disturbed even with nuclear explosions but he says that was the penultimate test of my sadhana 
with full concentration carrying a ladder and shurbindo is there like the golden purusha in his own yogic worlds he has not to look at shurbindo and he has made sure that nothing not a thing drops below so it's literally like arjuna focusing on the eye of the sparrow he can't even look at shurbindo you know that where is his position all that he is not supposed to look at that he is not supposed to make sure that not a single particle of dust falls let alone an insect so he climbed on that sucked everything into the vacuum came down and says by mother's grace everything went well so what a i mean inspiring life i don't know let me see if anything is left surely something would be there it's so we see that how mother started by giving him a work of so mother's works are always symbolic so when she gives give rise it's not just about giving rise it's about coming in contact with those forces in the cosmos those gods who provide for plenty it is not just a simple thing like similarly like you know healers they should come in touch with the cosmic forces which heal it's not just about prescribing medicine because she gives this capacity if work means we have to ultimately take it to its penultimate one life two lives doesn't matter but it's a work which gives her sanction that means not only those faculties can develop but those beings cosmic beings who are behind because healing is not only a medical phenomena healing takes place everywhere there was a very interesting book i was reading how mountains heal themselves so you know mountains they uh, after a while very often mountains slough off what is called as landslide and landslide kills we'll read about all this that you know landslide killed so many people but what is a landslide this person says when there is a wound after a while there is a healing process and the last part is sloughing off so when man destroys the environment in mountains it's like a wound mountains start healing process by again vegetation growing along that area but the final act is sloughing off and when it sloughs off we call it landslide so i mean these forces are working everywhere in nature okay this is another interesting thing which is very very uh, very beautiful because it shows two things one uh, very often people ask uh, you know how to practice the sadhana and there are so many ways this we all know it's not a fixed method uh, any method and every method also a method may be useful at one stage may not be useful at another stage etc etc but there is something very practical the mother asked him to keep two notebooks and this is really so true it it's something which can be practiced should be practiced one was to note down his daily inner movements and the other was about the details of daily work so one is about what happened inside me i felt this reaction i got angry i didn't like this i had this you know uh, movement inside me and offering it to mother it's objectivizing it uh, of course we can offer even verbally but we would see that it's very difficult because the mind unless those who are trained 
practitioners, the mind can become fuzzy, it can drift in another direction, other things can come in. But when we write, it's an objectivization and offering to the mother. The second was, the diary was to keep the details of daily work. Now, actually I have seen this, I was speaking of Bangalore center and I had not known about this but had started doing this. Particularly this outer work, I still remember, it's still with me, without knowing, I had put mother's picture, her eyes and started by saying, mother, we have two cows, this cow is a jersey cow but gives only 5 liters of milk, the other is giving 10 liters, our requirements is so much. And I was telling you the story of that place is amazing. And every day, mother, this much money we have in the account and we need so much money. So, with regard to work, she had asked him to keep one diary where he would write all the details of everyday work. And the second was about all the inner movements. So, very often we write about the inner movements, we keep a diary. But we don't keep a diary about the outer movements. Not only movements, but the work connected. Like, well, I have seen this patient. Mother, I would like to offer this patient. It's a good way to... Uh, you know, do this. One was given to her at noon and the other at night. One day, now you see again, there is no rigidity. This is a training. After a while, this practice gets inbuilt in the system. So then we don't need it. So one day, the mother asked him if it was necessary to keep these diaries. She is the one who had suggested him or asked him to do this. But one day she is asking him, it is necessary. He replied, not necessary mother. She instructed him to inform her whenever any difficulty arose. Because now there is already a yoga that has taken place. There is such a beautiful link and connection that he has to just remember and offer whenever there is a difficulty in outer work or inner movement and the connection is established. But the process of establishing a connection, the yoga, I mean... This kind of yoga is nowhere mentioned. We have bhakti yoga, jnana yoga, do this, do that. But look at what a practical yoga. Just simple way. And people often say, Shubhindu's yoga is very philosophical. It is so practical. So many practical things. The external need was over. That was the end of his writing the diaries. And then he would hardly write any letter also to mother and Shubhindu. But he would receive number of things from them as instructions. Henceforth, his inner guide would guide him. She gave him a picture of her taken in Japan and told him to meditate in front of it before opening the dining room door in the morning and before closing the door at night. So that's the instructions he gave him. And he followed these things so much so that mother told him, Dhyuman, you do my work. And I will do your work. Sadhana made easy. So people often ask, oh this is very difficult sadhana. How do we make it easy? This is easy. So what sadhana Hanuman did? <laughs> he did everything keeping the Lord. If we really look at Ramayana, except for towards the end, when Rama is face to face with Ravana, Kumkarna, 2-3. Otherwise Hanuman is doing most of the things. But what is Hanuman doing? Nagar ki raki Everywhere he is keeping the Lord in his heart and entering the demon city, decimating them, burning Lanka and every possible thing. He could have even taken Sita back. But he was not instructed to do it. Just as Dhuman Bhai was instructed not to look at Shirobindo. Hanuman had instructions to go find Sita and come back. This was his mission. 
So look how faithfully he followed it. I am not going to do one thing extra because he could easily just say, Mother, come. Taken her through the Akash Marg and nobody would have been able to stop him. But he knew that there is a deeper secret why the Lord has not given me this instruction. I should not transgress. This was the ability and, and this was the kind of surrender. Then, of course, he, he made a very interesting remark that how uh, if you do the work, more work comes to us. So very often people feel bad if there is more work, but it's a very good sign. It's a sign that the divine is taking note. If less work is coming, then we should be bit. Something is wrong, something is amiss. Because whatever work is given, energy and consciousness and knowledge is given for that work. So if more work is coming, it's a very good sign that, you know, there is a kind. So Dhyuman Bhai, of course, speaks of the same thing, that how work kept on growing, more and more work came. What started with helping Satyan for rice distribution grew into granary and farmhouses and dining room and cleaning the room and meeting so many visitors who would come and uh, sending them messages, greetings, all kinds of things came his way. Till late night he would be seen writing letters to people. Those days uh, emails were not there. How they have worked with kerosene lamps, I just wonder. So they, he would be sitting, All many of these correspondences uh, he would reply. Uh, sometimes a line, two lines, but nobody would, no letter will go unreplied. It was never, oh, they are bothering me for such small things. Same thing with Shurabindra and the mother. And that is the greatness of the great. That they can be so humble. For Dhyuman Bhai, it was not like, oh, this letter, why should I reply? I am a trustee, who is bothered? He would reply, even if one line, two lines, and they were enough to make the person feel satisfied. This was his way of connecting with everyone. So this about the jewelry part, I have spoken about it, but this is very interesting. Once in 37-38, the mother gave him a piece of her jewellery and asked him to sell it as an inmate, as an inmate was in dire need of some money. <laughs> we have heard about people asking money from devotees and disciples. But, uh, you know, really, Tulsi Das, Ramaswami, Kusevak Disciple is in need of money, <laughs> so mother is telling, sell my jewellery. And Mother and Shubindo were very clear and there are a number of letters that you are not going to keep on asking for money. Find one person who wants to participate in it as a yagna. It's not like, please give some money, find more disciples to give money, I want some money, nothing like that. And Shubindo, there is a letter where he says, if the divine wants this ashram to continue, the money will come. As simple as that. But he would not uh, say that go out and people have asked mother, mother I want to collect money for you, please give your sanction so that I can show it. Mother said I absolutely refuse to do so. If they have to give money, they should do it on their own accord with the joy of offering. So this is the story that for a disciple who was in dire need, she said sell the, sell the jewelry. That was the first time. 
but it was not to be the last soon selling her jewelry became one source of income for the ashram to maintain the numerous devotees who had started pouring in she would not turn down anyone and what stories people say you know you have to give lot of money to the ashram no it's yes if one wants to give very nice beautiful but look at the condition the divine when he accepted he accepted unconditionally it was not based on this in fact they provided it was not the disciples providing to the lord it was her money the mother gave her ornaments the time piece given by her grandmother the durga crown which she did not want to sell but had to because of adverse circumstances and even her pearl necklace we remember how sita think about that story it's very interesting the story has another meaning another dimension sita is being taken by ravana and sita is dropping all her mudrika and all her ornaments on the ground so at one level the story is very intelligent of her that you know she knew that rama will come searching and finding but i always found this will be a superficial explanation i mean to probability that rama would come precisely on that spot and find the now sita is jagan mata she knows what she is doing who finds those ornaments interestingly the monkeys of kiskinda who have to do her work they find those ornaments because they are not ordinary ornaments they are charged by her consciousness and force she can't carry them and give it to the asura imagine carrying those jewels to lanka they would be empowered to receive anything touched from the mother and shurabindu is a power it's a force and imagine if ravana received all those things what would how powerful he would become see made sure on the one hand they will not be usurped by the asura on the other hand they will be received by those who love her so that one day they are the ones who have to come and ornaments are not the issue so how she has and she would always say that don't give it to anyone so the same story is repeated in another incarnation however she wanted to know whom these were given to as they carried a special aura and power and any mishandling would be disastrous they were not meant to be given to anyone and everyone oh this is mother's thing it is something very special not to be given just like that and casually she warned them against misuse dhumanda became her instrument for such work soon her jewelry coffer became empty we heard this story of divine giving everything to earth and then if he says give yourself to me for the transformation is he really asking for anything her next step was to sell her sarees this not enough her own example that disturbed dumandai lot and he protested as her children embroidered most of them for their loving mother but she insisted on selling them in one lot to a single person the sarees were brought out and vasudha ben wept on seeing them but who could imagine the play of dumanda he collected the amount that the mother wanted from a disciple it was if my information is right navjat ji who had said take the money keep the sarees 
and very often he would ask him whenever this kind of crisis arose and the money would come what kind of yoga they have done he collected the amount that the mother wanted from a disciple who was close to him took away the sarees and kept them in his room the generous disciple did not want the sarees even though they were paid for however he requested dumandar to sell them piece by piece and offer the proceeds to the mother so he has also said that if need be you can again sell them not only this ha the mother also used to distribute sarees to inmates and devotees who were present before each darshan oh my god i have okay this is the last bit i have completely forgotten the time i'm so sorry it's quite past it okay this is the last one we'll stop with this when dhumanda heard about this he told her that her wish would be fulfilled and brought nearly 500 sarees from his room from the lot that was supposed to have been sold what joy what inner fulfillment he must have felt to be an instrument to execute her wishes not only this but no one really knows how many of her wishes he fulfilled so we have heard about divine fulfilling wishes of man but the devotee and disciple fulfilling the wishes of the lord is a rare rare privilege to see